the, the young people with the video were very keen um, or very good in, in introducing us to, to Joseph. And we're going to open our Bibles in Genesis chapter 45, and we're going to be reading only the first 10 verses there. And I would like to, to share a few thoughts. And I'd like to integrate communion as, as, as part of that sermon today. Genesis chapter 45. Um, we know the story. Oh, we probably are familiar with uh, the generic details of Joseph being one of the brothers who discovers that he's got a special gifting to interpret dreams. He also becomes one of the favorites of the father and finds himself in this sibling rivalry. And yet we see that he's walking with God. Um, so what has happened between chapter 37 and to chapter 50 of Genesis is really an, uh, a summary. It's quite detailed in some places of what goes on with Joseph's life. And um, um, in chapter 45, we've got the moment that he sees his brothers come to greet him because they found themselves in a pickle in their land because they've run out of food. So Joseph sees his brothers and the beginning of chapter 45 is like this. Then Joseph could not control himself before all those who stood before him. He cried, make everyone go out from me. So no one stayed with Joseph when Joseph made himself known to his brothers. And he wept aloud so that the Egyptian, Egyptians heard it and the household of Pharaoh heard it. And Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still alive? But his brothers could not answer him for they were dismayed at his presence. So Joseph said to his brothers, Come near to me, please. And they came near. And he said, I am your brother Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt for 20 pieces of silver, actually, chapter 37. And now do not be distressed or angry with yourselves, because you sold me here, but for God sent me before you to preserve life. For the fam famine has been in the land these two years, and there are yet five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve you, a remnant on earth, and to keep alive for you many survivors. So it was not you who sent me here, but God. He's made me a father to Pharaoh, the lord of, over his house, and the ruler over all the land of Egypt. Hurry and go up to my father and say to him, Thus says your son Joseph, God has made me lords of all Egypt. Come down to me, do not tarry. May God's name be blessed through the public reading of his words. So here we've got a scenario. We've got somebody who is considered, actually, he's not liked. He's a coat hanger. Remember? 
the, the guy who, who shows off his code because the father makes this special. So in the eyes of the, of the brothers, he has no value. He's just the coat hanger. They don't want to know anything about him. And then we, we move on the story because Joseph has these special skills and he becomes the, the dreamer. And all of a sudden, these dreams have got meaning and they, they come to fulfillment. But as the story of Joseph develops, we see something which is very interesting and very unique. And that's why it fits very well with the theme of unlikely heroes. Because from a coat hanger to a dreamer, he becomes the forgiving hero. When really it was not necessary practical to do that. He'd been sold. He'd been sold by his brothers. From all the human elements, he's not, he's not going to have anything to do with this. But yet, there is something in Joseph's heart that he sees the bigger picture. And, and my understanding of, of this passage is that although Joseph did, Joseph did not have it easy. There was that awareness of the greatness and the faithfulness of God that trumps everything. And I think we see God's faithfulness, but we see also Joseph's faithfulness reflected in his life. But we're dealing here with an issue which is really, really tough. Forgiveness. Now, I still feel very inadequate to talk to you about this because I struggle with forgiveness. I think it's, 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 it's a common problem. This does not justify the fact that I struggle with it. But it's very easy to get so involved with what's happened to you that you lose sight of who God is and what he has done for you. I'm going to play a video. Perhaps you've seen this before. Uh, but before I play that video, I want to share you a story. And Peter, if, if you can stop recording at this point, um, I would appreciate that. I don't want to switch off the microphone. And perhaps not in the same way as Cory Tamboom or my friends um, in Albania, is that forgiveness sets you off into freedom. And, and the moment that you have come to that place of dealing with that, um, or allowing God to deal with that, personally I feel sometimes that it's, it's just like a big burden off my shoulders, and you think, wow, now I can do this, or now I can minister. Now, so for example, I... I find it very difficult to be in front of you if I've had a, a tough week with, with Ruth and we've fallen uh, over some, something stupid or something serious. And, and I, I, I need to say this, that Ruth is much better at this than I am. Um, in asking forgiveness, in forgiving... So, so I'm, I'm being very honest here because we're going to come to the Lord's table. 
And I want us to give an op- I want to give us an opportunity that, and again, like I've said, that when we look to these heroes, we're not just looking at ideal situations. We're looking at real people with real lives. And perhaps God is challenging you this morning. He's been challenging me for sure about forgiveness. And it's an opportunity for us to come to the place that we want to forgive because we have encountered God's forgiveness. And that's why Jesus has, has laid this table for us today. Um, I usually don't, don't use liturgy for communion, but um, I came across this stuff from the Gathering for Worship group uh, book. And, and as we come to the table, I just want for us to, to, to acknowledge um, that invitation that Jesus got for us to forgive us in order to release us to forgive others. And to come to that place of freedom. To worship him. To serve him. To love one another. And as we talk about forgiveness. um, And if God is challenging you about something in particular. I want for you to take this moment. to, to, To at least bring it before God. So here's the invitation. Here's the table of the Lord were gathered to his supper, a foretaste of things eternal. Come when you're fearful to be made new in his love. Come when you're doubtful to be made strong in faith. Come when you are regretful and you'll be made whole in his spirit. Come old and young, there is room for all. The kingdom of God is justice and peace and we are challenged and encouraged to pursue it. So in our hearts we say, Lord, We're pursuing the things that make peace. Where lies abound, Lord, you call us to speak truth. So we say, Lord, we want to speak truth. Where greed takes it all, you call us to act justly. So, Lord, we choose to act justly. Where violence consumes... You call us to live peacefully. So, Lord, we choose to live peacefully. Where death mocks us, you call us to live in Christ. So, Lord, thank you that you enable us to live in Christ. So we set aside our wisdom, our will, our words. We empty our hearts. We bring nothing in our hands. We yearn for healing, the holding, the accepting, the forgiving, which only Christ alone can offer.
I'm going to leave some space now for us to be thinking before we participate in this invitation, participate in the supper that Jesus has made for us.